16th century Japan. Brave men ride into battle, fighting an evil emperor. With their only hope, a golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time, another place, another species. You were expecting maybe uh, the Adams family? They're back, and they're back in time. Everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the final movie of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy. Um, Thomas, do you want to read for us the IMDb synopsis before we get into it? Yes, definitely. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, directed by Stuart Gillard. When their closest friend, April O'Neil, discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, the turtles must cowabunga their way back to 17th century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of Lord Norinaga. So yeah, let's cowabunga our way into this discussion. I wonder, yeah, who oh wrote this? Was this uh, a user, or is this coming from, is this like a little bit of flair a user added, or... That was someone who didn't get paid enough. Yeah. Um, But Thomas, what did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3? I enjoy this one. It's weird. Okay, so there's, I guess, this whole conversation about which one of these in the trilogy is the strongest film. And Mm -hmm. I think the first one seems to have the most love. The second one has some uh, some nostalgia, like we discussed in the second episode. Uh, This whole thing, talking about, like, friend Krista mentioned this episode, uh, mentioned the secret of the ooze and have having that be like a, a childhood favorite or like her brother's favorite or whatever. Uh, this one I never heard mentioned, never heard yeah. anyone really mention this one while talking to my friends about these movies. But yeah, I was really surprised by this one. I would say don't sleep on the third installment. This one has a lot of fun ideas. It's a little long. I feel like it drags. It might not be longer than the other two. I don't think it's like a longer film. Um, I think they're all like around an hour and a half. But yeah. it feels a little bit longer. It's one thirty-six is the runtime. One hour thirty-six. Yeah, I don't know. This one feels a little bit longer with just I don't know, just their journey back and kind of bouncing back between the past and the present. It's a time travel movie, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on. There's a lot, a lot more stuff. We abandon the Foot Clan in New York City and we go back to Japan in sixteen oh three. There's some cool shots in this movie. Some really good fights and yeah, like I said, we get more chemistry with the turtles. This is definitely like a Mikey's movie, Michelangelo's movie. Yeah, we get to, do get a little more Mikey, which I, which I appreciate. I like that over the course of these three movies, this sort of take time to sort of fo- like the first one's Raphael's movie, the second one sort of focuses on all of them dealing with existential kind of past ideas, and this one's more of like Michelangelo, uh, yeah, taking taking you know, up the mantle and kind of doing a lot of stuff on his own. So I don't know, it's, it's fun. What do you think of it? Um, so I think the reason it feels longer is because this is just kind of the more boring movie. Like, I don't think this, I feel like this, there's a good movie here if you, if it's 
edited better like if it's a little faster pace because yeah i found myself just being kind of bored with it like uh i feel like the comedy is not it's not good it's not bad it's not like cringy or i'm not like repulsed by it like the way i've been with some of the other jokes in movies <laughs> but um but i kind of just feel nothing towards it <laughs> that's I fair like, yeah yeah i feel like i just like the movie starts off pretty strong with this like um silhouette shot of like these riders against the sun and it's like oh, okay this is like kind of exciting uh and then we get the introduction of the turtles and their you know music's playing and they're all practicing their ninjutsu with all their weapons and stuff and it's like okay this is a nice introduction i'm enjoying this yeah and then i feel like the movie kind of quickly loses its energy um yeah, I don't know. I was I was gonna say yeah. The first little sequence we get is like this little chase scene kind of happening, just like on a beach in Japan, and it looks fantastic. It has like this red tint, and it's a shot of the ocean. There's like four of like the guard, the Naga guards, like ch- like chasing somebody, and yeah, it just looks gorgeous. And it's like this really nice introduction. Then there's a really great cut where it's like uh, someone's like riding on the horse and they grab the sword and it co- goes from the sword to the subway mm-hmm. like kind of going by so I was like okay yeah it's like has a little bit of like flash to it like I feel like yeah each uh, title card introduction got like brighter and more vibrant this third one is more yeah. like just a, a weapon showcase they're like doing the like this like elbow dance and <laughs> kind of like yeah. flailing their, like their swords oh the weapons are back yeah it's great like yeah, I don't know totally Totally, it feels a little more like the first one, where it's like a little more yeah. serious, a little darker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, the weapons are back. <laughs> like. Yeah, it makes a big. It definitely makes a big difference, and it helps that. Yeah, like we, we're it's this fish out of water movie. Like we're taking the turtles and we're putting them into this like feudal Japan setting. And I don't know. I, I really appreciate this. Uh, this like struggle that has been mentioned before in media in many other ways, where it's dealing with feudal Japan, dealing with their traditions clashing with the new emerging weaponry and technology of like the West. And so we have this character that embodies that by the name of Walker. He's kind of like this white guy who's like there. He's like, yeah, look, I have guns and stuff. Like I can sort of sell, sell these to the daimyo, daimyo. And like, I don't know. I, I like, I really appreciate just those kind of conflicts. I don't know. It is a little bit slower and a little bit more boring, but like, I don't know. I think this is like a really good, like babysitting movie. Like you've got to like, got some seven or eight year olds. You need to kind of like, you want to put something on this. Chill out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But also it won't be like, too just empty like oh yeah there's a little bit of something there like yeah it's like japanese culture kind of uh... i think it's (laughs) yeah it's interesting enough to keep them engaged it's not exciting enough that they're gonna be doing kung fu flips and stuff like that i don't know Uh, there's some i was gonna say there's a lot of leg work in this there's some good (laughs) yeah the fighting is still very good yeah because they're not hitting people with the weapons they're just using the weapons for blocking most of the time and then they're just doing a lot of kicks yeah no, it was like a good like towards the end. There's a fight where I feel like I think it's like Leonardo, the one with the blue, like does like a straight up like jujitsu, like a leg lock thing. And I was like, okay, like, this is kind of like they're like actually kind of fighting, but it yeah. is like there's more silly stuff too. Like they're doing the wet willy to the guy like <laughs> throughout this movie, pretty, like pretty frequently. Uh, I mean, the, the fight, yeah, the fighting is still good. Like yeah. it's still one of the high points. Um, it's still very impressive to see these moves inside of large turtle suits. Yeah. Also, Which, what, yeah. Go ahead. All right. What did you think of the turtle suits? Because this is this isn't uh, Jim Henson this time around. Yeah, I don't know. It feels really different. Like I said, this is a brighter movie. Like just 
like physically like it's like a lot more brightly lit and so like the turtles are kind of just like out in the sun and out in like just the bright light a lot and i don't know i think it looks weird like the holes Mm -hmm. on them look a little like 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 spots yeah, yeah, like spots, bullet holes, kind of. I don't, I don't know. think they, they're bullet holes. I think they're just spots. I know they're. I know they're not <laughs> bullet holes, but they look like bullet holes. <laughs> like, like, they look like little, like yeah. I don't know. It, they're distracting, and I think it's it, These it helps. Torn turtles. I don't know. It just looks a little. <laughs> it looks a little kind of funky. Luckily, they're sort of like their personalities are just like full on. It, it's gone like pretty surfer bro territory, a little, yeah. little more so than in the past. I think. Like there's a part where like climbing up a wall towards the end. And they're like, is this what it means to be getting totally vertical or something like that? Yeah. And it's like so just a, a <laughs> yeah, dumb. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. Like I don't know. There's like there there's I think a, a charm to it. We get to the return of uh, what's this guy's name? The return Casey Jones. No, yeah. Well, the turn of Casey Jones, but also it's the return of Corey Feldman as Donatello. Oh, He's yeah. gone for the second film. He went away, but he, re- he returns back. But yeah, also Casey Jones comes back. What do you think about his his plot with the four Japanese characters in 1993 New York? I really like the return of Casey Jones. I like that he is babysitting these guys and like teaching them hockey and stuff. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could have used a little bit more of that. I think it's kind of weird that huh. they use they use the same act because i think like the best parts in this movie are when so one it's casey jones like bonding with these guys but then also it's the ninja turtles when they're bonding with like the villagers um like Raphael, like it's a character moment like Raphael going up to this kid and being like hey you gotta control your anger and like he even says something along the lines of like who am i talking to this kid about controlling his anger is that what i'm saying this (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's like okay we have like development like Raphael is maturing because he's like looking over this kid um we have like this interesting thing with like Mikey wanting to stay with them like he prefers being around them and like not having to hide who he is um he prefers that to New York yeah there's a a straight up very uh explicit moment where they're like they first get there as early on it's like they're like hanging out near the water and raf is like this is like this is great like no sewers it's like still rats and i was like damn it's like yes like they're fucking really just tired of free (laughs) yeah they're really tired of the shitty 1990s new york and like they're just like so happy to be in nature and i think that was it was a really nice moment uh there's and yeah mikey wanting to stay gets kind of a little existential a little he's just like yeah it's like well like why would i want to go back to there if i'm happier here it's like it's like that yeah a really good time travel conflict and so it's like the fighting's really fun but the best parts of the movie i think are still like the character development and the times where we're seeing the character dynamics um and so i don't know like the, like a lot of the plot stuff of like oh this conflict of you know there's like a weapons dealer and uh they're coming to attack this village or whatever um a lot of that stuff just felt kind of boring to me like okay so there's a moment when they gotta go save april o'neill april's trapped in this prison and they break into the prison and there's a guy who looks like casey jones i don't know why this character is in the movie i feel like they just had to give the actor some more stuff to do but anyways like they all escape the prison and they just take april and casey jones there's tons of other people in this prison (laughs) like there's like one guy like looks one guy like looks at the camera sort of he's just like wait (laughs) a second it's it's like like, what about the rest of these guys but then like they all go down this like shoot or something and end up in this kind of like swampy area then the next day 
the following morning or something like that, they're out and about in nature and then they get attacked. And it's like, well, why didn't they just get attacked immediately after? Like we're at, like, yeah. we're kind of extending these. I feel like we could have tightened things up a little bit and like made the action feel like it's a little more, uh, yeah, you feel the fluff, know, put a little uh, more fire underneath of them. You, you know? feel the like, fluff, the stretch a little bit. Maybe that'll make it more interesting. See, it's funny. You said you like the Casey Jones, hate uh, babysitting the people. Mm-hmm. The Jap- like I do not like that. I yeah. was not into that. Uh, I can understand it feeling like unnecessary, but uh, yeah, it also, it like, it feels like it's borderline being racist too. doing like the whole, like, <laughs> Oh, like they're, indigenous not, like, not indigenous but like oh like they're like from the older times or whatever so they're just going to be distracted by snacks and, hockey. and stuff yeah there's yeah, a part where they're like about to attack <laughs> they're like they're about to like attack him and like they're also they're led by the uh the king's uh the dude's the daimyo's son or whatever he's kind of like leading the pack a little bit yeah and then he, he like, turns on the tv turns on the hockey game and it like it distracts him and it, yeah right? it, it reminds me of, of like yeah, yeah king kong kind of vibes of like oh yeah like well they're the <laughs> distractible because they're just dumb it's <laughs> kind of it's definitely like a western chauvinist thing because it's not like yeah. it's not like they're eating the snacks and being like this sucks like the food we have back home is way better <laughs> or like yeah, yeah. they're not like teaching him about how to live life like he's just like exposing them and all this stuff and they're all about it apparently yeah it, there's yeah, no back the, and forth yeah the western chauvinist is the the perfect way to, to yeah exactly what's what i'm trying to say um yeah so i don't know how i feel about that i do like his return I, I like that they do get a nice little reunion moment before they do the the switch but yeah having the other actor sort of be i don't know they justify it by having oh he looks like him he's like his ancestor maybe yeah. i don't know what's so going weird. on but yeah but it, yeah this is it's, it's time travel like it it can get so much more convoluted than what it is like they just do like okay like they just need to match in weight and hold the scepter, and then they're good. They just have to meet this time time limit or whatever, get back before the, the clock is done ticking, and then it's done. Well, it's also something I was thinking is, so Raphael bonds with this boy who's named Yoshi. Wasn't Splinter's master named Yoshi? I was like, is this, are they tying things together? Because oh, it would be very weird if, like, Splinter's not that old, uh, yeah. but maybe he's, like, a descendant. I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe. like, a Easter egg sort of thing. Or maybe it's yeah. just a common name. That that would be really cool if they did that, but yeah, I don't know. It gets overtly complicated, and that's where I don't know. It's it, I like that this is a time travel movie, but it, it's like it's not super deep with it. It's like okay, like yeah, they made a mistake. We're gonna fix it. We gotta it. get back. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, we're not gonna deal with. You know, like, there's a part where he's like, they do acknowledge, like yeah, like if we're here, like we'll change. Like they acknowledge the fact that like the butterfly effect, like they can change the future somehow if like if they're back and they'll mess things up and i I don't know it's 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 funny that this is all happening in like a kids movie from 1993 uh so what did you think of walker the villain i'm i'm sort of with you on kind of being bored by him like i like i abstractly i like the conflict i like the sort of idea of what he represents but what we get is sort of like uh actor who's sort of like i don't know this guy uh stewart wilson he he I don't know. There's not much about him that makes me feel like, okay, like he's iconic or recognizable or, or rememberable, memorable in any mm-hmm. way. Like he seems to, like he doesn't stick out to me that much. And so I don't I, know. I feel like there's these, they sort of like give him these interesting like attributes, but like the mm-hmm. character isn't interesting. So it's like there's a moment in this movie where he's like on a beach while like all these guys are like testing their rifles and stuff. Yeah. There's something like uh, shooting practice. 
and he's painting a flower. He gets interrupted. The flower he's painting, he like destroys, and then he lights <laughs> a cannon with a cigar. And it's like, this feels like oddly poetic, but I yeah. don't know what is being expressed about this character. Yeah. Um, and then he's also like, has this like weird attachment to these birds in a cage. And like when he's trying to make yeah. his escape, he's like taking these birds with him. And it's like, okay, like what are these like weird sort of, you know, ornaments that were hanging on this character? Like, what do they actually add up to? Uh, yeah. That's a good observation. Yeah. He doesn't have much beyond those things. Um, yeah, and then he sort of has this this relationship with the daimyo. He's sort of just trying to just get himself weapons, and he just he's really eager to kill people. Like, I know he's when he tells him he's like, yeah, so we're running out of rooms inside of the dungeon, and he's like, well, I think we need to stop arresting and start killing. And he seems like really excited about that. I was like, that's a dark fucking beat for <laughs> this movie. But yeah, I don't know. He's 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 good. He but he's not. I don't know. Nothing super exciting. There's not much to hang on there. Give him a fucking suit of knives, like Shredder, and there you go. Way more interesting. Yeah, have like yeah, like why isn't there like a sort of Shredder (laughs) allegory? Yeah, give him a cool costume at the very least. Yeah, because we haven't even mentioned the whole thing about placing the turtles within like the Japanese mythology. Like this whole thing, like they're sort of on the scroll that's sort of being passed around and like implied that like there are these ancient sort of gods that they have uh, have a word for. I think they, they were saying like I'm Coda. Was it? Uh, I want to say it was Coda or something like that. But um, yeah, they're like explaining that like these <laughs> turtles Kappa. are sort of the Kappa. Yeah, the Kappa. Yeah. So like, yeah. And there's this great thing where they're like, oh, uh, the kid, uh, Yoshi gets saved. Uh, Mikey saves him from the fire, but he's like passed out. And then, you know, gives him mouth to mouth. And like, oh, he's performing a spell on him. He's like, no, like he's bringing him back to life. And, I don't know that uh, that moment sort of worked for me dealing with yeah. the whole, like, old and new, but and like you know. th- like when they try and lean into it, like April being like I am a witch, and then yeah, yeah. the turtles <laughs> being like, oh, th- he knows if you shoot us, the bullets are just gonna bounce back. <laughs> like that was I liked that he almost had them outwitted, and yeah. then uh, but then that the way that scene ends is like he shoots a cannon cannon at them, misses, and then just runs away. Yeah. Like, like that was really confusing to me. It's like, couldn't he just like pull out his gun and try again? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah. We get the cute little thing where uh, Leo ducks into his shell. Yeah, and he's like, "I love being a turtle." Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta say it. Yeah. Also, I I really really appreciate a good uh, screaming into the the sky sort of moment. And so when Raph discovers the the second scepter after the, like right. they go through this whole thing with like getting this blacksmith to like make a new scepter and so then uh mikey's like well actually i want to stay so he just takes it and they start arguing over it and he breaks it and then raf has the whole moment with yoshi and, and that and he gives him a yo-yo and then yoshi's yeah. like well i have this and he gives him this like the scepter and he like screams into the sky he's like leah <laughs> like, and then the camera kind of zooms out and i just like anytime that movie does that i appreciate it and so just a good screaming into the sky moment it pleases me so after watching these movies, I feel like so t- like w- was there a name for the phenomenon that was turtle the Ninja Turtles? Because <laughs> um, it's like is it like no. Pokemania? Like is there anything like that? Like Beatles Mania, Pokemania? <laughs> no, I um, wish I wish there was something for that, but yeah, it's just the franchise. It showed up in eighty three or eighty four and kind of just became a huge fucking thing. Because <laughs> like after watching these movies, I'm trying to figure out why was this such a big deal. 
And I think part of it is like the toys. As a kid, I was like, these toys are fucking cool. Like I said, I was, I was telling you before we started recording, I was at this antique mall and they had a bunch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys. And I was like, man, these fucking rule. Cause like yeah. it's them dressed up as like classic monsters, like Dracula and the mummy and shit like that. <laughs> oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. They have like, yeah, just like all these different versions of the turtles and all of their different villains and stuff. So I, think I didn't the, know they were in a band. Like they, yeah, yeah they and it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Cause it's four of them. I'm like, yeah, they, like. <laughs> yeah. They skateboard, which is like, I mean, Bart Simpson was, Yes, you know, yes. a huge character in the '90s. I feel like, uh, I feel like they, they kind of tied together. Like there was like a similar sort of attitude thing. Sonic the Hedgehog. There's like a similar attitude going on. Um, yeah, yeah. But I also think like the character dynamics were probably good at, uh, you know, helping sell this. Is like each one has like a little bit of a different personality, and you get to just like what happens when you take these ingredients and you uh, combine them in different ways. Um, yeah, you also have the the really fantastic sort of backwards educational thing of having all four of them being named after classic artists, yeah. and so it's, so it's like it's sort of like this brilliant thing. It's like okay, well, if you're a kid, so you're weird. growing up, and you're like, okay, well, I'm kind of bored of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, theoretically, you can learn about Da Vinci or like Michael, and you could like sort of okay, well, you're adult now. Go learn about these well, who they're inspired by. You know, like I was, de- I definitely as a kid, I was like. I knew they were named after artists, and yeah. then I was like, "Well, who the fuck are these artists?" Like, yeah. and I still don't know for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't know who Raphael is. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't Raphael. know. Like, he, Raphael's Raphael. just Raphael. The turtle has outclassed the artist. Um, yes, definitely. Um, and, are you like, looking like, it up? I'm trying to like I'm trying to find up it's find out as fast as I can, but. Uh, yeah, it's gonna take some some reading. <laughs> this is a large, large paragraph that I'm not gonna be able to read or skim quickly. But yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool, and I, it's also worth mentioning that yeah, we covered this first franchise, but there was another. They made they re sort of reattempted to do this. A Michael Bay produced. Ones. Yeah, like the Michael Bay version where it's like the edgy, it's darker, it's like they're CGI. We get like a Megan Fox sexy April O'Neil. So, so yeah, like. Yeah. Also, uh, also in this moment, there's a this strange April O'Neil uh, making her skirt by the water moment, and uh, Rob, uh, I think it's Donatello and Leonardo are like literally just like doing <laughs> full on male gaze, like, oh wow, look at the leg show, and it's just like wow. Jesus, like, come on guys, like this is just, this is just not appropriate. But yeah, I don't know. The, the, They're the newer... teenagers. They're hormonal. Yeah. The They're newer mutants. ones. Yeah. The newer ones look just I don't know like strange i don't they look know. like the only... they really played up the mutant aspect of it yeah just the only word i can think of it is strange i'm looking i'm looking up the character designs right now yeah it's just like they i don't know what they did like they made their noses smaller i guess they gave them noses for stuff yeah i don't know but yeah just like even more like another show there was like another series that was also cg a computer generated. yeah the nickelodeon movie. show yeah which like looks like it's probably like way more faithful to the sort of attitude. It's just you know different art style. They updated they updated it in a way that actually feels like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's I think it's cool that the sort of legacy is continuing on in some way or form. I think it'll live on and continue to mutate and <laughs> change itself. I am curious to check out these uh, Michael Bay ones. 
Like how, yeah, what did they do? <laughs> like, is it just Transformers, but with turtles? I like, I really don't know. I think just like the look. I think, actually, Shredder looks kind of cool. Shredder just looks like a fucking Transformer, yeah. honestly. Um, so if you were going to reboot this franchise, how would you reboot it? Like, what would your, what would your okay. approach be? <laughs> I know that's a that's big a, question. That's a really, really good question. Um, I think having having it be like animated based is the best way to do it um probably just go crazy with like stunt casting and just do like a really chris pratt nice yeah <laughs> chris chris pratt a splinter um doing all four voices so <laughs> yeah. just make everyone really happy um yeah who's, I, who's I, playing april um april zendaya obviously it's gonna be zendaya obviously yeah need to get, get her get her get her in there again um oh, fuck i really don't know that's a that's a good question i wish i had more time to sort of yeah, contemplate because you have this whole great thing of yeah there's four of them there's a the dynamic i sort of i sorry i cut you off when i mentioned they had a band but yeah when i found that out i was like that's just it makes so much fucking sense because there's four of them like yeah it's like you got a yeah four piece it, like it's great they'll rock out Fab four uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah which had, one's I, ringo um, I think Michelangelo probably. <laughs> I goes the party dude, or he's like the younger one, the more naive one. I don't know. Yeah, which beetle is which Ninja Turtle? See, yeah, yeah so that's the thing is I have I had no reference to which like what Beetle's personality was like. Until what? you watch the doc. Yeah, but then I sort of got the vibe, and it's funny I just mentioned that thing about Ringo, but yeah, he seemed to have more of like a sage kind of energy mm-hmm. around them. Like he was really like calm and like, and then yeah, like Lennon seemed to be more like making weird voices and like doing like, yeah, like he's doing mm-hmm. this weird thing. And then Paul McCartney gets kind of emotional. They're like talking about songs and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a trippy thing. And apparently there's like deep fake technology used to sort of recreate some scenes. Cause they have like, so, sort hmm. of like so we could things. take the footage from get back and we could make it so that they all look like Ninja Turtles. Yes. Okay. There we go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and then April can be Yoko. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> saw plugs in. Yeah, and then also I watched the sort of iconic, uh, what's it, the interview with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're on the Oprah oh, God, show. On Oprah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it, it quickly goes off the rails once Oprah sort of... It, I, it's all her fault when yeah. she asks, like, oh, yeah, is there, is there any, like, romantic thing going on between you? And then, like, it quickly just becomes, like, yeah, them making terrible deeply, shows. Deeply, deeply uncomfortable. They say yeah. she can't hold her breath long enough. Yeah, no, but the, <laughs> the greatest thing is the end is when the kid's like, yeah, like, why is uh, Master Splinter so great? He's like, well, he's our dad. And the, the thing is, Raphael is like, well, what's so great about your dad? What's so special about Splinter? Yeah, I dude, think it's so. like Splinter's our dad, you know? I mean, what's so special about your dad? And, like, it's just such a yeah. savage fucking thing to, to like, say to a, a kid I mean, on like, TV. I understand what he was trying to get at, which is, like, think about how you like your dad. Yeah. But it was just like it came off as him being like, "Well, what about you, huh? <laughs> like you yeah, think your dad's yeah. so great?" <laughs> yeah, he put a little more, a little more uh, like sauce too much on attitude it. <laughs> on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like guys, tone it down. Too much, <laughs> too much. Uh, Is your dad a rat? <laughs> Badass. Well, I, I was going to ask you, like, what's your ranking, final ranking for the franchise? I go definitely the first one is the best one. I think 
I don't think like people. I was reading IMDb reviews for this movie. People hate this movie. I don't get mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything vulgar enough here to be worth hating. Like, this isn't. Yeah. Uh, this didn't really get much of a rise out of me because I, I thought it was pretty much just kind of boring. Um, yeah. I think the first hour of Secret of the Ooze is like a pretty strong movie. Really, it just falls apart for me once we once Vanilla Ice shows up. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. like I know it was the '90s, like, but goddamn, like this is, it's like the dance sequence from Mac and Me was just like taken out of that movie and then thrown into this Ninja Turtles movie. That's great. I haven't seen Mac and Me. Uh, Mac and Me, the whole movie's bad, but there's a dance sequence <laughs> that's also particularly bad. Um, it feels very yes. at home in that movie because the whole movie's bad. Um, and then this one's just boring. So I feel like uh, two and three are probably just... I I, I think I'm going to go with two because it at least elicits a reaction. Um, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, am I going to be like a contrarian rebel, uh, you know, three person? First be, three yeah, put three first. But yeah, no, I think it's going to just be one, two, and three. Um, yeah. yeah, it is weird. It has the... First one has this like yeah dark mysterious quality to it, and then yeah two I think it sort of it goes into the lore, it ramps things up, it gets a little bit bigger, and I like that. But then yeah, this one I I really like the production quality. I like the sorry the production design. I like the fact that it's a time travel movie. And it's like this big kind of thing, but yeah, it does sort of drag a little. It feels bit. like it, it should have been like straight to video or like yeah. just TV, <laughs> like a, a made for TV thing. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it could have been saved with just like some tighter editing, like tighten it up a little bit, make it a little more exciting. Uh, yeah, I think it's that, got some good ideas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the elements are there. Just tighten it up. Yeah, um, good, some good fights. Glad the weapons are back. Glad Casey's back. But yeah, it's just something's missing. Something's missing. But yeah, it's so good. Um, what have you been watching lately? Okay, so this week I beat Resident Evil Eight. Damn. Yeah through um, that yeah i was really really into it it's a lot of fun um and so you you haven't played it correct i have not no you have not okay so uh, yeah i think this this is a really fucking fun game while i was playing it i was like this is either like the dumbest game i've ever played or like the, the, one of the best games i've ever played there's just like so many just things that sort of happen where it's just like okay this is just a fantastic experience and yeah sort of you do the first person thing with Ethan Winters and yeah his character is like not very good like he's just like just really bad lines there's a, mm. a part where it's like you go into an area you sort of interact you sort of do things there you go somewhere else you come back to this area and it's dark and of course when you walk in Ethan Winters is like oh it's, Whoa, dark. it's dark and it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah like, it's like yeah like, we like, know we're here <laughs> so we're playing yep, the like, game <laughs> it's like yep like that's we have established that the lights are off but yeah there's also a moment where you are being chased by someone and you go and you pull a lever and that person slices your arm off and you continue to get chased by them you continue you like you do it as a loop you go back and you grab your arm and you put it back onto your arm yeah. and then you just keep going going and i was like this is this is the greatest video yeah. game i've ever played in my life it's just it's a, a monster truck battle in the third act fucking rad <laughs> jesus yeah. really yeah like, yeah it's good yeah it's great <laughs> like the familiarity i do have with resident evil village i would not expect a monster truck battle battle to take place in that yeah that's like 
the best way I could sort of describe what happens and sort of it's just it's just so over the top and fun yeah. that I was like, God damn, this is great. And yeah, just it's a really good look follow up to sort of the smaller, quieter story that Seven was just sort of taking place inside of this like sort of series of houses and like yeah. this one big house in Louisiana. But I've gotta finish it. Yeah, this this one is is just good. It, it sort of just uh, bleh. this one is good because it builds things up a lot more. It's a lot more action based. So I think yeah, it's not as scary, but when it does get scary, it, it is very memorable. And so highly recommend it. Can't wait to play through it again. Looking forward to playing through two again because I've heard some good things about that recently as well. And so yeah, um, mentioning that, and then I want to mention I got to my 175th film of the year. So close to fucking 200, I can taste it. Oh, I just gotta get off. Can you get 25 out before the end of the year though? Come on. I think I think so. I just need to just like (laughs) not be lazy and like use the first half of my days better. (laughs) A little more than one one each day. I think you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super fucking close. Um, but yeah, the 175th movie was One Hour Photo by uh Mark Romanek. Have you seen this? No. The, The Robin Williams movie. Okay. That's so the basically, one where he, he I've only seen yeah. a photo of him being like, oh, Neon Genesis, Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a great little scene. Um, so basically, uh, 174 was The Truman Show. Every time The Truman Show comes on, like I just have to fucking watch it because I just love that movie. And that's another similar movie because it's like a dramatic. Uh, Truman Show has a little bit more comedy and a little more Jim Carrey doing his weird, surreal thing. But I think they're similar. They're both like a dramatic movie starring a, co- a comedian sort of going against type a little bit. And like uh, Truman Show is a little bit more fun because it's like, yeah, it's like dealing with the realities. Jim Carrey, he, he like it's uh, it's Jim Carrey. So it's not as like super dark. But one hour photo was just like, well, actually, to, to be fair, both of these actors have done those sort of turns throughout their throughout mm-hmm. their careers. But uh, with one hour photo, it seems to be dealing just with uh, it just feels grosser i don't know just like robin williams sort of just like obsessing over this family and sort of just like being like obsessing with them and like wanting to sort of be part of them and like just like yeah just like having like being like sort of involved in their like just uh relationships sort of like knowing like what they like the, the whole thing about the evangelion thing is like oh yeah he knows kind of this kid's like a nerdy kid because he just obsesses over all of their photos essentially and so yeah it's just a dark kind of gross weird movie robin williams is really fantastic in it but yeah it's just like a weird surreal kind of experience just seeing him be just like this uh, really per- like I almost say pervy that's not the right way to describe it but like a guy really just like crossing the boundaries and crossing the lines and it's it's a really I don't know it's it's a really strange film also tell the story of the movie Bicentennial Man when I was young uh, me and my mom went to go see the movie Bicentennial Man because we were like oh yeah Robin Williams he's in a movie it'll be funny and that's a really sad depressing science fiction film and that was the first time in my life of like leaving a movie being like like this is like not good like, this is this is really sad let's just leave and so we left and i don't know like this it reminds me of that a little bit where it's like this i don't know it feels like this is just like an exercise in going against type and an exercise and just like let's just sort of explore the darkness of humankind in human relationships just for the fucking sake of it i don't know where this film kind of comes from but like it's written and directed by mark romanek and kind of just 
it's a, a film about a, a dark, lonely man. <laughs> uh, so I found my friend's story about Robin yes. Williams. He's, uh, so this is right after Robin Williams died. He said, a lot of Bay Area folk have a Robin Williams story. Mine takes place when I was working at a comic book store on Geary Street in San Francisco. This was probably 2006 or so. This t- customer comes up to the register, and I noticed his wrist was super hairy. I didn't think anything of it and continued to ring him up. He was buying a grip of really bizarre Indian Japanese sex comics, like tentacle stuff and things about as extreme as you can get. I had to see who he was, so I looked up and realized it was Robin Williams. He gave me that super classic, huge Robin Williams grin and shrug. I asked him if that was it, and he said, I don't know how much more I could take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's into it. Maybe he's like, I'm maybe, sure he was. <laughs> maybe he just like just just really into it. Just like this sort of really voyeuristic and intrusive sort of character and dealing with just I don't know. It's it, it, it's interesting to me too because it's a a, a very movie of like a era of like okay, getting film developed at like a Walmart kind of store and like that something that like doesn't really quite happen anymore so it's interesting that this is like about like a photo developer and it's like he sort of develops this obsession through sort of like an antiquated technology and like an antiquated kind of process of like oh we go to the store we give our photos to the photo guy or the photo booth person and then they they process it and through the uh, through the process of that happening he gets obsessed with them but like yeah, yeah i don't know it's, it's just a uh, just a strange kind of like time capsule and like it's just a weird like movie just all all around for all the reasons it made more eerie and sort of disturbing with the fact that like he's passed away and sort of like yeah just knowing sort of the circumstances of his death and sort of like the whole mental health conversation i don't know it's just a really interesting piece of like work so yeah that's what i've watched this week what do you watch this um so i think a little over a week ago i finished demon souls on playstation 5 and then immediately after finishing it, I booted up Dark Souls, which I had <laughs> I had invested like 50 hours into Dark Souls and I had never yeah. finished it. I, got, I, uh-huh. I walked up to what I thought was like the door that would take me to the final boss. And then it said I couldn't open it. And it turns out I had missed one boss fight uh, at some other point in the game. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, fuck, like now I got to go like hunt this boss down. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I was completely emotionally prepared to take on this final boss. Yeah. Now I'm told I have to go do this other thing. Fuck it. I uninstalled the game. <laughs> uh, Jesus. But after finishing Demon's Souls, I was like, I'm I'm reinstalling this. I'm going to see it through. I go and kill the last boss I need to, before I can get to the final boss. And then, like, as I'm on my way to the final boss, I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot to do the DLC. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I did three more boss battles. <laughs> And then, I, and then I finally went back and I, I finished the game. Um, but yeah, have you played the Souls games at all? No. Um, do you know like what the lineage is off the top of your head? Like what ones, like what was the first one? Was it... so, so from Software, the company that made these games, uh, they made these games a while back called, God, what the fuck are they called? I want to say they're called King's Quest, but that's not right. King's, that's a different game. Um, huh. Let me look it up real quick. King's Field is what it is. So they they made these sort of like dungeon crawler games called King's Field. And they were just these first person role playing games. And then uh, 
when the PS3 came around, they made a game called Demon's Souls, which is like kind of a little bit related to Kingsfield, but it's like, it's enough that it's basically its own game. It's still like a medieval fantasy RPG, but it's like, you know, it's got its own style. Um, Combat is all about timing and like learning your opponent's movements. And um, it's, you know, people say these games are incredibly difficult. You're going to die a lot. And it's because it punishes mistakes. Yeah, I, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Like you cannot make mistakes in these games. Uh, if you made a mistake, then that is telling you, you need to learn something. You need to reevaluate what your strategy is. Yes. Um, so I was playing. So I finished Dark Souls. Now I'm playing Dark Souls 2. <laughs> I'm just like okay. burning through these games now because I'm just like hooked on them. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I like fought a boss probably so there when I was when I was finishing Dark Souls, there was a boss I fought for like 2 hours. I just like kept Jesus. going in and like okay, like what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I watched like a Man. video of a guy fighting him and uh I figured out like from watching the video I was like, okay, so these are the these are the moves that the boss does that I'll have enough time to attack him once he's completed those moves. So like I just yeah, have to dodge yeah. them and then I'll, I can attack him. So like you're learning like okay, what can be dodged? Where are my windows of opportunity? Um, yeah, yeah. Dark Souls 2, yeah, the other day I fought a boss for like probably 40 minutes um, and I didn't watch a guide or anything. I just kept running in and being like, okay, I just I just got to learn this guy. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to use a shield that has like full physical resistance and I'll figure out like which which attacks to block, which attacks to dodge, and then I'll, t- I'll finish him off. And then I, I finished yeah, him yeah. off. So it's like, it's really just a matter of like, learning your mistakes and like if you die like what are you going to learn from that experience like how can you you know apply you know a new perspective to the situation um there's this great video from this uh youtuber named h bomber guy he has a video called something like why bloodborne is genius and like bloodborne was so so i think from software they released demon souls dark souls dark souls 2 which was like a different game director and i think like a slightly different team uh, oh, okay. Bloodborne and then Dark yeah, Souls yeah. 3. Um, and his video on Bloodborne is basically saying that, like, the one of the brilliant things that Bloodborne does is it takes away your shield. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. and it also has this uh, element where someone attacks you, your health slowly drains. But if you attack the person who attacked you, you can regain a lot of that health back. Um, okay. So it's like encouraging you to be aggressive. Like, you don't have a shield, you have to dodge. You can't just stand there and block things uh if you want your health back you gotta fucking attack that guy like when you when you when you have the opportunity um and so there's even like a a you can find a shield in bloodborne and and its description says something about how it encourages passivity and so it's Mm. like this joke where it's saying like it's not the player's fault that they would hide behind shields uh in like demon souls and dark souls it's our fault for giving you a shield Um, so it's like so the point he makes with Bloodborne is like Bloodborne teaches people to be aggressive. And then once they learn how to play Bloodborne, they'll go back and play Demon Souls and Dark Souls. They'll be way more aggressive and they'll have a way better time playing those games. Oh, cool. um, I like that idea. So it's like when I played Dark Souls, it took me 50 hours to get through that game because I was hiding behind my shield the whole time and like being mm-hmm. very slow and slowly progressing through it. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to like hold my weapon with two hands and I'm just going to like go in and I'm going to like learn to dodge and i'm gonna like fucking mow these guys down (laughs) and and i did and it was way more fun um like that two hour boss fight that i just talked about 
I was fighting that boss with no shield. I was just two-handing a weapon and, oh, like, nice. learning which attacks to dodge. And, like, once you're, you're in the zone and you're dodging everything and you have, like, proper timing, it's, like... It's awesome. Like you're la- you're laughing as you're like fighting a boss. <laughs> yeah, I want to check it yeah. out. I'm definitely gonna get into it when I go back to Korea. I think because yeah, like I'm not gonna take the PS5 and take the PS4. Mm-hmm. It's safer to travel with it. But <clears throat> people say that uh, Hollow Knight is sort of similar in spirit to the Demon Soul. So, so at least with like the way bosses are sort of designed. So it's similar. The level design is kind of similar to Dark Souls. So Dark Souls, it's what's called a Metroidvania. So it's gotcha, like yeah, yeah. the um, the world is sort of like a maze. And as you progress, you you discover new abilities or you discover keys or you discover shortcuts where like parts of the maze start to intersect with each other. So it yeah, makes yeah. it easier to like navigate the world. Like it's almost like the world stacked on top of each other and you're discovering ladders between the floors. Um, but uh, Demon Souls isn't quite like that. I think I, I think I kind of liked Demon Souls more than Dark Souls because Demon Souls felt very streamlined. It's also stupid easy if you if you play it right. Like if you play a magic based character, then you're just like shooting guys from a distance. Like you don't even okay. have to get close to them. But and okay. like you could find a weapon that like as you grow your magic power, the weapon gets stronger. So like if you do need to get up close and personal, you can still do it. Um, which like some of the bosses you're gonna have to get up close and personal, so it's like a nice balance between like I'm just yeah because gonna... they're like huge bosses, yeah. Right? Like, yeah it's like... So it's like a nice balance between like all right, I'm just gonna fucking dominate all these guys and like play it at a distance, and also like I have to learn how to play up close and personal, but it's like I'm gonna progress through the game quick enough that I'm not gonna get frustrated. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. At least I bring up the Hollow Knight comparison just because there's parts of that game where they're like, you start off with just a very small amount of abilities mm-hmm. and things you can do, and like the fights are like, okay, like I don't think I can like stretch myself to do these like spectacular things. Like, like it, the game wants you to be so much more acrobatic and creative yeah. with the way that you like use your character than you start off with, and it, the way it progresses, I think, is really nice. And as they give you more abilities, of so, like yeah, just the the extra jump and just like a longer sword, and it's just like you're taking on like fucking really fast, really strong, uh, you know. Well, bosses, those boss fights are a lot of fun. So it has this sort of steep curve to it. I feel like. So another thing that Hollow Knight takes from these games is like, let's say I so so in Dark Souls, uh, your currency is sold, and you spend that currency on items. You spend it to upgrade your items. You spend it to upgrade yourself. So it's like a lot of yeah. RPGs. You accumulate experience, and that's how you upgrade. Dark Souls, you just you get souls, which is currency. You have to spend it on. Your, um, let's say I'm journeying through a level and I die. I lose all of the souls that I've gained up until that point, and they end up in a pile on the ground as a blood stain. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, I end. I respawn at the last bonfire I checked out, so I can respawn like five minutes of progress ago, and I have to fight all of the enemies respawn. So I have to fight my way through them again. If I touch that blood stain, I get all the souls back from my previous run. If I die on the way there, that blood stain disappears. All those souls are gone, and a new yeah, and a new yeah. blood stain remains. Hollow Knight does a similar thing. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Also, I was thinking of Cuphead, too, because it has, like, it's more just kind of, like, boss-based kind of stealing, which is really yeah. just technically difficult bosses and, like, really small, uh, it, like, margins of error. Like, if you mess up, like, you're just done. And so like, you can get hit, like, twice. I think it's, like, once or twice in that game. Well, like, a lot of news media 
like game media, they would always say like, oh, X game is like the Dark Souls of such and such. It's it's the yes, Dark Souls yeah. of first person shooters. It's the Dark Souls yeah. of platformers. <laughs> and it's like really what they just mean is it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, you can't make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to whoop your ass. It's yeah. not going to be an easy game. But yeah, I'm fucking in love with these games now. Like the bug has bitten me and I pre-ordered Elden Ring. I'm just like. Yeah, I really want to play them. Um, I, yeah, man, you're going to hate me because, like, I had a copy of Demon Souls on PS3 mm-hmm. back in the day. And like, I, like, played it, like, a little bit. And I was just like, this is too hard. And I just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, traded it and like, like, yeah, feel bad. So I was like, yeah. Get the PS5 version and then just play a magic character. Like, there's, like, I hate, I hate to say it, but, like, look up a guide. Like, there are great guides. Yeah. Like, the IGN guide is great. And uh, I looked up a guide for Demon Souls because I was just like... I don't have time for this. <laughs> like I, yeah. I want. I, I'm going to. I'm going to fight those enemies either way. Like I'm going to have the challenge of fighting those enemies. But like, just let me know where I need to go, so I'm not like running around in circles yeah. and shit. I also feel like it speaks to a type of uh, game player because I just wasn't ready for that type of challenge and that mm-hmm. type of like grind and like satisfying like thing at the end because like after beating cuphead and beating hollow knight i was like okay that felt really satisfying to sort of get that challenge and sort of get good enough at the game to sort of do that and so yeah now i'm like okay i would sit down and really appreciate the challenge like that yeah because like i was playing through Resident Evil 8 and I was like yeah this game is like really fun and it has a lot of great moments and like I love playing it but it's also very easy and it's like you don't like it's not like super challenging which like, I feel like I start to crave that a little bit and so yeah, yeah like so yeah Dark Souls or Demon Souls Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 and Bloodborne is Darksiders in this series also? I uh, know that's that a, a different <laughs> different company different, uh, different franchise okay, um, so I think it's just the four games right or five yeah demon souls dark souls dark souls 2 dark souls 3 um and then like the same company also made bloodborne and sekiro gotcha Um, yeah yeah yeah. okay okay yeah i haven't played sekiro at all uh but yeah i i think like with you talking about like resident evil village when it's difficult it's it's one of the things where it's like okay well what does that difficulty mean like how is that difficulty expressed because in Dark Souls, it feels like the challenge, it feels like usually you're fighting someone who has a similar sort of like move set as you. They have like a similar um, way of perf- performing actions that you have. And so yeah. it's just, I am outperforming them <laughs> um, versus like, I don't know. A lot of games, it's like, oh, they just throw waves of enemies at you or. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, is it pattern recognition? Is that what it's called? Where it's like, yeah, like lear- like that, like process. Of, I mean, that it kind like, of is. It's like, okay, I gotta like learn. So like when I was playing Dark Souls, like with the shield, it's like I'm standing there with the shield while an enemy tries to attack me, and I learn what all yeah. of his attack patterns are, and then I learn what the openings are, and then uh, then I navigate those openings. Um, yeah. But then like sometimes you, if you're fighting a boss, you don't have an opportunity to navigate the openings because you die <laughs> like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> quick death yeah there's not a whole lot of opportunity to learn that's when that's when the game's bad where it's like okay how am i supposed to learn to fight this guy when i can't make a single mistake 
Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And yeah, I, I sort of realized I was a much more casual game player than I thought I was because I was like, yeah, a lot of times I'm like playing games and only losing and only dying. And it's like, it gets kind of discouraging yeah. after a while. So I was like, like, I have a great quote from my friend Trunks. He's like, I like my games to be easy. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, I, to- I feel that sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, you want enjoyment and sort of, you know, comfort. And you, you don't want it to, the little bit of time you have sitting down to play a game to just be, uh, like, a pain in the ass and discouraging. So I, I understand both yeah. sides of the aisle. Like, I, I totally understand the satisfaction that comes with. A, a challenge like yeah. that. So, yeah, because when you're when you're overcoming the challenge, it's not discouraging. It's like you feel a sense of progress. Yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. playing a uh, Death Stranding, and I did not enjoy the game. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. There's no way I'm gonna finish this because I'm just not enjoying it. So I was like, I'll turn it. I'll, I'll put it on the easiest difficulty, just so <laughs> I can like sprint through it and like experience the story. And then yeah. I was like. At a certain point, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, there's, yeah, like, no yeah. satisfaction coming from this experience. I might as well just, like, read the Wikipedia page or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of go back and forth. Yeah, I feel that. That looks, yeah, a little too cerebral, a little too heady, strand-type game. It's I weird. don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. You know, different tastes. And, yeah, I was just, you know, going back to Call of Duty right before we were having this discussion. <laughs> a, few weeks, or a few weeks ago, I was saying how much it was terrible, and I'm back at it <laughs> yeah i'm an addict and halo multiplayer i just realized i can play that for free i didn't i didn't know i thought it was just in beta oh. or something but yeah because you got pc right yeah so i just started that and it's great <laughs> but it's yeah. like i don't know if it's much better than any other multiplayer experience because i don't really play a ton of multiplayer games yeah yeah halo's fun i think the only halo i really remember playing is three yeah and just just a shit ton of halo three at my friend's house yeah i got yeah halo's fun Halo Tress. So have we decided what we're going to do next? Uh... Um, We have not. Um, I know Spider-Man's coming out, and you want to see that, so maybe we'll talk about that. I know yeah. Matrix is coming out, and we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, yeah. But I don't know if we need a uh, buffer, buffer movie until then. Yeah, and it's basically those are the two biggest things that are coming out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, of t- a lot of TV and stuff. I don't know. There's not much specific we could talk. We could do like a a recap or something I don't know. clip show <laughs> trailer trailer talk i'll talk about all the trailers new spider-man trailer Let's only talk about spider-man content what did you think of that into the did you watch the across the spider-verse trailer yeah that's the yeah when i was just mentioning i yeah uh, looks gorgeous looks looks fantastic looks like a lot of fun i don't know overwhelming a little bit <laughs> it's just like I'm so yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, like it's such a one of a kind sort of experience watching into the Spider Verse, and so yeah, doing that again, I feel like they're just gonna ramp it all up, and it's yeah. gonna be eye candy. Yeah, it's gonna be. Good. I like that. Like we were seeing a kind of a different art style with some of that. Um, yeah, feels like so. they're taking a very aggressive approach with animation, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. But yeah, next week is a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. Um, uh, they're doing some fun stuff with Hawkeye. They did a little uh, teaser of a a big bad villain. Oh yeah. That's, so yeah, they're doing some some fun stuff. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have no idea what the fuck is going on with these movies and Marvel anymore. It's like they brought in uh, what's his name, the fast guy <laughs> from WandaVision. <laughs> the fast guy. <laughs> what, what's yeah. that guy's name? <laughs> Speed Silver. Is it Silver something? 
quick not, not quicksilver quicksilver yeah yeah quicksilver. yeah okay, okay. um speed silver <laughs> yeah no but they brought in quicksilver from the sony movies in the wandavision even though marvel already had a quicksilver and then it's like it turns out he's just a guy he's not even the quicksilver yeah do you want the spoiler of what i was like vaguely mentioning Oh, oh, with a uh, Hawkeye. Oh, I, I, yes. I already heard about that. I already know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Um, it'll be interesting if they bring in. Yeah, let's just talk about it. spoilers. Hawkeye. Yeah. Yes. Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's like, are they gonna bring in the Netflix Daredevil guy, Matt Murdock? They're saying. I think Kevin Feige this week. They sort of they were dancing around and they're like, he's in it, but we don't know when it's gonna happen. We just we know that like he's our guy, but we just don't know. Because people keep saying like, oh, he's gonna show up in Spider Man and stuff too, and it's like, be are we gonna see Maybe... Foggy Nelson? <laughs> Pro- probably in the post credit scenes. I think that'll be the cop out. Is it'll just be like at the end of the the fucking. And it's movie. like, if they do that, are they doing Punisher? Are they doing, uh, you know, the rest of them? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's kind of cool. There's it's a lot of questions. To... Yeah, it's like I don't know. Feel like a kid playing with a bunch of action figures, yeah. just be like, "Oh, get get them all yeah. together." Now like, He-Man's playing with GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a good time. Um, but if you're not interested in that, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I started their fifteenth season oh. this uh, last week. Um, yeah, and they sort of did an episode where it's basically like them in, uh, including themselves in all of the popular horrible things of 2020 that are election related or Trump related oh, yeah. and so just involving them and in all of the the shit of 2020 January really 6th funny. insurrection and yeah yeah and it's, it's it's a good time and it, I don't know I, I just really fucking love this show happy it's back and reminds me of good good simple times simple times back in college yeah and then Joe Perry's got a new season there's how yeah. to with John Wilson new season yeah cowboy bebop is is good i it's good. i've been watching it i've been slowly watching it and i giving it like a soft recommendation like it's going with really mild expectations it's a lot of fun john show's cool i like hanging out with john show need more john show in my life this has been episode 63 of vague zone if you would like to contact us you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com if you would like to tweet at us you can hit us up on twitter at vague zone if you have questions comments concerns or movie suggestions if you would like us to watch more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films there's a lot more for us to watch you can let us know and we'll do it Um, tweet at us join the conversation on Twitter yeah this has been episode 63 Uh, we don't know what's up next week but (laughs) catch us on the next one I'm Thomas and I'm Daniel we'll see you next time alright peace